Hey y'all, welcome back to the Grace Lady Friend Podcast. I am so incredibly excited that you tuned in today, friend. As always, I'm your host, Morgan Redfern, and today's conversation is with my dear, sweet, sweet, sweet friend and sister in Christ that is local to me, Natalie Jones. Natalie is just a gem. She radiates Jesus no matter what she does, and she loves to share what the Lord has done in her life with others. That is one of the most beautiful things about our friendship, and she's also one of my friends that keeps me in check um, whenever I am straying away from what the Lord asks and wants me to do, and I'm just so grateful for that. Whenever my husband and I started looking for a church to join a few years ago, I did not expect to make so many incredible friendships like Chrissy and Hannah, who you've already heard on the podcast before, but today you're going to get to hear from Natalie, who I just love and adore, and I love her story, and I feel like the Lord has done so much through her, and I cannot wait for you to hear it either, friend. So, without further ado, you better grab your Bible and your coffee, and we're going to get into it. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode here on Gracefully Refined. I am so glad that you're here. I'm your host, Morgan, and today I have a very special guest. I have my really good friend and worshiper. She also goes to church with me at the church that I attend locally, Natalie Jones. Natalie, I'm so glad to have you on for the podcast today. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me, Morgan. Of course. So before we get started, I like to start out every episode with the icebreaker question. Sometimes I leave it at the end, but this time we're going to do it at the beginning just to kind of get things flowing. And so, um, as you know, the podcast is called Grace Lady Refined based on Romans 5, 3 through 5. So how do you believe that God is currently refining you in this current season of life that you are in? Hmm. I think one of the big ways lately that God's been working in me is... Um, pointing out the areas in my life that I'm selfish um, and prideful. And that's been a big hit um, just in so many ways. Uh, Lots of little things. Um, Worry and anxiety have always been a big battle for me. And Mm. um, the other day I was actually at our small group for church, and um, we were talking about um, worry. And one of the things that the Lord laid on my heart in that time was just um how mm, how good it is to um take a second pause and realize that the thoughts that are cycling through your head are worry Mm. and step back from it and say okay what is this feeding into oh that's good because so many times worry leads to more worry in my own life at least and the number of times where my head just spirals and keeps going and going and going when I start to worry but yes there are times where we can't control it and anxiety and mental illness is a thing and it's hard but um there are also so many verses and ways that the Lord has given us to stop following that track when yeah. possible to and it's good absolutely I love that and that is so true because like worry and anxiety and depression that's all something that like runs in my family hereditarily and so like as far as like a mental illness and things like that go. and so for me what has helped me and this isn't for everybody so if you're listening 
if you need medical attention, please seek that. We're not suggesting that you shouldn't, but for me personally, in my battle with it, I have found scripture to be very, very helpful. As you said, like I have battle verses that I cling to. I have them written in the front of my Bible. So when I start having anxiety attacks, when I start worrying, when I start battling the, the depression, I can go to those and I can cling to those and say, no, this is what the Lord says. Mm -hmm. He says, I can give him my anxieties. He says not to worry about today because tomorrow is going to have enough worries and that he has mm -hmm. it all handled and I don't have to carry all of it by myself. Yeah. And so I love that you shared that. Thank you. So um, this season, you know, we've really been going through other people's stories because I love being able just to see what God has done mm -hmm. and everybody's different seasons and everybody's story is so different. And that's the beautiful part of like, God's family, right? Like we all look so different. We all have all these different attributes and stories to tell. So I would love for you to share whatever you would be comfortable sharing from your story, but we can start from the beginning of like kind of how you grew up, what kind of denomination you grew up in, and um, we can just work our way through that. So yeah, you start. absolutely. So I grew up in a Christian home. Um, very thankful for that. Mm -hmm. It was such a blessing. Um, and I know that not many people have that privilege, and it's a huge one. Um, but I, um, I would say that my relationship with the Lord grew in different phases of my life. It, I know so many people have that tearjerker, crazy, God pulled me from the deepest, darkest pits in my teenage years, my mid-20s, my mid-30s whatever and those stories are all beautiful mm -hmm. but my story kind of looked like as a kindergartner yeah. like learning to pray and as a fifth grader like oh hey we're having a revival at my school in chapel mm -hmm. let me give my life to the lord in like over again yeah and recommitting myself and then um i started going to youth group and everything and started developing um, a prayer life and a mm. like consist or more consistent time with the Lord, just one on one, um, doing those little teenage devotions and things. And um, it was probably in high school um, that the Lord really started to shape me through that time mm. with Him. Yeah, um, in some deeper ways. Definitely he shaped me throughout my entire life. Um, but, um, so my family uh, fostered kids for seven years. And maybe eight. I never can remember the number. <laughs> but um, we had seven foster kids come through our home. And uh, we started when I was 13 or 14. And um, my family was still fostering after I had left their house for college and everything but um being in the middle of um some really intense spiritual battles throughout mm. my teenage years was um a huge um thing that drove me to the lord yeah. and really um, taught me a lot about spiritual warfare and about um the importance of leaning on god yeah. uh so many times um, the Lord showed me over and over and over again that it's not my strength or my patience or my self-control or my peace it's His in me mm. and 
the number of times I had to continually learn that lesson <laughs> because it just felt like new layers all the time of, oh, I'm so drained. I have this going on and this going on and this going on. Mm-hmm. And there's a foster sibling in my house that I love to death, but they're facing trauma that's really hard and that comes with baggage. And they're um, going to visit with their biological parents on the weekends and then coming back and like facing the consequences of mm-hmm. that tug of war kind of for them. Yeah. Um, just for my family was so much. Um, but God carried us through too. Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that was probably like one of the key moments in my life. I feel like where the Lord just kind of looked at me and said, Hey, I'm here. Yeah, that's and, so cool. Um, it was such a special thing. Um, and then, um, let's see, another big part of my story um, was I started uh, my junior year of college um, and thought I was going to be a nurse. Yeah. And got about a week or two into nursing school, like accepted had started the courses, bought the scrubs and everything. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and had some of the worst anxiety I've ever had in my life mm. that week and or two. And um, I remember calling my mom one day and just having a panic attack and having a very, very difficult time because I knew very strongly that the Lord had called me to this area and had called me to that school. Um, But this didn't feel right. And I've always had some pretty strong gut feelings that I feel like are Holy Spirit led. Yeah. Um, And it just, yeah, it just didn't feel right. And um, I remember texting my sister one day and telling her that I was struggling and this was hard and I didn't know what to do and she texted me back and said well Natalie have you prayed about it (laughs) and I went well duh I mean I've tried to but really have I sat down and gone to the Lord and sat at his feet and said I don't know what to do here help yeah and I remember going um to church it was a Sunday that morning and falling asleep and um, just crying my eyes out Mm. (laughs) and that's what put me to sleep and praying and the Lord um, I very much feel gave me a dream which was so foreign to me yeah Um, but um, that whole time of trying to figure out uh, what my next step needed to be Mm. Um, I felt like I didn't want to give up. I've always been a strong-willed person and yeah. uh, wanted something to, wanted a decision to be clear mm. before I made it. Yeah. So I prayed and had this dream. Um, basically, I was in a cave and... Um, throughout that whole time in nursing school, I felt like, Lord, I need you to close this door if it's not for me. Mm-hmm. And in this dream, um, I'm standing in this cave and looking out through this door on a pasture. 
and it's bright and sunny and beautiful and all of a sudden this door in front of me slams shut and seals like welds shut with fire oh wow and boulders fall in front of it and I woke up and was like well okay I guess that's the door closing (laughs) (laughs) that is so crazy that is so neat like the fact that the Lord would give you just such a clear sign but I love that he will do that yeah that it like if because that's the one thing I always love too is like if the Lord's telling you like putting something on your heart obviously it's up for us to make up to us to like make that decision of like we're going to pursue what he's telling us to but he'll also make it abundantly abundantly clear like when we're not supposed to and I love that too because honestly whenever I got into college I had a different major Mm -hmm. going into college but that's what got my foot in the door right like to get to the school and so I really do believe that the Lord led me to the college I attended and I believe that I was supposed to be there but I think he had to get my foot in the door to be willing to be there to be taught and so I ended up changing my, like I was in my first semester, towards the end of my semester, I changed my major without telling my parents. <laughs> and I go home, I'm like, hey, guess what? I'm now a theology major and a music minor, but I was in the music program. And I loved the friends that I made in that program. I loved the program. Like being able to learn under like Roger Breland was like such an incredible, incredible honor. Like just all of his experience being on the road and like such an incredible honor. But I felt so much anxiety that I was not measuring up in that program because I'm like, I'm a self-taught musician. Some of these people have been trained their entire lives. And it really came down to I felt ill-equipped, unqualified, and I honestly was just so lost because I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, this is what I came to college for. And then I ended up taking like a theology class because, you know, you had to take some classes with the Christian college we went to. And fell in love with it. And I already loved scripture. And I already knew that, like, felt like I had a call in my heart. And so, um, for what the Lord had, like, for me to do. And so, I ended up pursuing that. I loved it. But, um, yeah, until I was able to step out of where I previously was, I did not have peace, if that makes any sense. And so, one of the other things that you said that kind of made me, got me thinking, too, was I started thinking about Elijah. After he call down the fire from heaven mm-hmm. and destroyed the Baal worshipers, all the priests of Baal. And he goes off by himself and he's like anxious and he is overwhelmed. And he's like, feels like he's already, you know, he's done something incredible for the Lord, but now he's anxious because now Jezebel's wanting to kill him or whatever. And instead of Kurt, like God saying, did you not see what I just did through you? Like, you know, chill out Instead, he gives him food. He gives him water and he allows him to rest. He sends the angel to let him rest. And I believe he does the same thing for us. Mm-hmm. Like, for being able to rest in him like whenever we are anxious or depressed or whatever it is we're facing. And then after God has allowed us to have this time of rest, as I should call it, he ended up coming to Elijah and was like, hey, so what are you doing in this cave? Mm-hmm. Why are you still here? Come on, get up. Let's go. Let's, like, it's time to get going. And yeah. so anyways, it just made me think of that, but I love that. So for you, whenever you accepted Christ, um, about what age were you, like when you really started feeling that like, that true, true connection. Because I don't know if you're like this or not, but from my testimony, you know, if you listened to that episode, you would know, um, like, I grew up in a church, in a very Christian home, um, with a Christian mom anyways, and a Christian dad. And um, anyways, I felt like I had to get saved as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Because 
I was told if you if you're not saved at this age you're gonna go to hell and so I constantly found myself as a little kid like constantly repenting constantly feeling like a sinner and I am a sinner and I should not forget that that I am saved by grace but I never was really taught scriptures of once you're saved you're always saved you cannot lose that I was taught you're saved but you can lose it or you have to do things in order to continuously make God happy mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I was like probably a teenager before I really really realized that I could just come to God as I am and that I couldn't ever lose what that he saved me I can make mistakes still because I'm human mm-hmm. I'm still going to be sinful but at the end of the day, I could not lose that relationship with him. And that's when it really became real for me. And I really, truly started to love the Lord, if that makes sense. So when did that happen for you in your um, journey? Yeah. So I think the first time I really remember, I guess you could say praying the prayer. Yeah. <laughs> was mm-hmm. um, when I was in about fifth grade, the story that I mentioned earlier, actually. Yeah. Um, that is the prominent moment in my head. Yes, this is when um, I remember getting saved. But I also distinctly remember, even at that time, um, telling the person that I was talking through it with, like, yeah, I'm I'm recommitting my life to the Lord. Mm, And I remember having several times Mm -hmm. of doing exactly that. And my my story is kind of similar to yours in that I had a lot of... um, anxious thoughts crossing my mind even as a young kid in elementary school like uh well I feel like I'm safe but I'm worried just Mm -hmm. in case I'm gonna pray again and yeah mm -hmm. I get that that. continual like I don't know for sure but also oh yeah and I feel like that's so satan like mm -hmm. trying to like mess us up because like we should know like once we're in Jesus we are in Jesus and that is it now whether I really felt like I accepted the Lord as a little kid. I don't really know. I know for a fact whenever I became, when I was a teenager and I was like, this is, I need Jesus. I felt the Holy Spirit. I know that I needed him. I got saved on Halloween night (laughs) and when I was 14, okay? I was like, I know for a fact that's the moment that Jesus changed my heart. And maybe I really meant it when I was a little kid. I don't really know. But just from what I grew up in, and there was nothing wrong with the people I grew up in. Like we had a good church. They were biblical, all the things. But for me, I was constantly like, am I really saved? Mm-hmm. And like, does Jesus really love me? Like, I don't know if I really am. And having that constant cycle, honestly, I feel like it's just a lot of Satan playing on the emotions that I had of, you know, are you kind of like with Eve, did he really say that? Are yeah. you really saved? And so, yeah, I had to completely battle that. So I totally understand that. So um, moving along, kind of like in what you were saying, so I can kind of backtrack a little bit. So, um, whenever you got into like junior high school and stuff, you can talk about however much of it or in detail as you want, but what really helped you through spiritual warfare whenever you were in school, um, like in that time frame where it was just really, really, really hard for you in those years? Yeah, so um, community <laughs> was a huge part of it. Um, I loved my church. Mm-hmm. Um in my hometown, and uh, shout out to Foundry Church. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a huge part of shaping that part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, having people around you that are pushing you to 
go to the Lord yeah. in those times of desperation mm-hmm. because that's what it was in that season of really intense spiritual warfare. Yeah. Um, you kind of reach the end of your rope and you don't feel like you have much left to give and that's when God can really give. Yeah. And it's a beautiful and heart-wrenching thing all at once sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the the big things, I actually have been thinking a lot today about um, Isaiah 43. Mm. Mm. Let me pull up the verse. Um, let's see. Isaiah 43, 2 through 4, I think. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Mm. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba for your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Mm, I love that. Those verses, along with, uh, you actually referenced it earlier, Matthew six thirty four, mm-hmm. that says not to worry, or tomorrow has enough worries about itself. Or I, yeah, it's like don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow yes. worry will for tomorrow has enough worries of its own or something like yeah. that. Lord, that's such a tongue twister. But I felt <laughs> like, I, but yes, I love that one too. And I like that whole section on anxiety. I mm-hmm. have said it over myself so many times and read it over and over again because I'm like. I need that reminder from Jesus. I yeah. need that reminder from my Savior. And then even like First Peter 5, 7, you know, mm-hmm. like cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Or in some translations, cast all your anxieties on him because mm-hmm. he cares for you. But I love Isaiah 43 too. Like I love Isaiah in general just because so much of it is just talking about God's redemption and what's going to come through Christ mm-hmm. and what that looks like. But it's messy. And as people, we're going to be messy. And what we go through is so messy. And I can relate um, – in a different way. So like for me, whenever I was in middle school, I was in a, a school, we'd moved to a new town and the school was six times bigger than anything I'd ever been to. So it was very scary going from a very small little country school to a little bit of a city school near the beach to now this school that was massive. And there was all these different people from all these different places and we all had different backgrounds. And for me, I experienced so much bullying at that point and had gone through so much and a lot of it ended up being pretty much some spiritual warfare stuff as well that I won't get into but um, one of the things that I started doing in that time um, before I started homeschooling was I had this tiny little bible and at the school I went to the principal over my grade would not allow you to have your bible like she would write you up if you had your bible at school and so it didn't look like a bible on the cover it had like a policeman or something on it and I would put it in my binder and I just hold it against my chest and like walk to all my classes mm-hmm. and just knowing and like I would read over the Psalms and my classes because I was just struggling so, so, so intensely. But I love that through community, through God's word, through, through just God himself comforting us that we can get through those moments. We can get through those really hard intensities. And yeah, the rivers may be raging and the oceans may be going over us, you know, with all of that. But at the end of the day, he's not going to let us drown. He's mm-hmm. not going to allow these things to drown us. Now, it may push us to the end of our rope. And one thing that I had to learn just growing up really was 
Um, like they always used to say, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle. As I've gotten older, I've learned, no, God definitely is going to give me more than I can handle, but it's not too much for him. So even if I can't handle it, he's going to handle it and he's going to help me get through it. And so anyways, I just love that part of your story. Um, so as, um, so obviously like as you've gone through all these things, um, once you got into college and all of that, how do you feel like the Lord has led you prepared you in this current season that you're in like what do you feel like the lord's doing in your life right now Hmm. um i think god teaches us lessons that we don't even realize when they're going to get applied Mm, (laughs) so i've had several times where i'll um, be in the middle of a season and looking back on another part of my life and think oh that's why i went through that um i think in this season the Lord is really um, teaching me to trust Him um, in the unknowns. And yeah. fostering was a huge um, unknown season of my life. There were so many things with court dates and meetings and um, social workers showing up at our house randomly to check in and one thing after another. And mm-hmm. um, there were always question marks floating around, it felt like. Yeah. Um, and then uh, when I decided to change my major at the beginning of my junior year, um, there were a lot of unknowns then. I had no clue what I was going to do with a psychology degree. <laughs> yeah. And um, just it was the fallback kind of thing that I felt like was the next right step. Um, that was kind of my key phrase at that time, too, was just – one more step just the next right one that's all I have to worry about right now yeah. hand it to the Lord just keep walking one step at a time and um, now I'm in another season of just moving back to this area yeah. uh, three hours away from my family and the hometown that I've known all my life and yeah. um, it's a challenge but it's been so beautiful to um, because it's these seasons that I've come out of and looking back on those two seasons prior to this one, mm-hmm. um, I can't tell you how many sweet memories I have of just recognizing God at work. Yeah. Because, you know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty, <laughs> And mm-hmm. you look back and say, oh, wow, this thing that I was going through taught me this. This thing that I was going through taught me this. And... Mm-hmm. I like to think of it kind of like building blocks. Yeah. Um, each little lesson is a stepping stone. And um, God's really used so many things in my life um, to prepare me for the season. That doesn't make it easy, though. No. Because we continually have to learn to trust God in new ways, I believe. Oh, yeah. And um, another big thing for me lately has been surrender. Mm, girl, um, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I am right there with you. Oh, my gosh. Because it's crazy. Like, one thing that just came to my mind as you were talking is whenever we are obedient, that's when we see God's true strength. Yeah. Like, when we are able to let go and let him take us, guide us, wherever that is. Because, honestly, anytime I've tried to do anything in my own power, it's never been as satisfying or good as mm-hmm. as of let God lead and God take charge. Kind of like how um, we were talking about before we even started the podcast, you know, just talking about Abraham and Isaac and how God was like, 
asking him to give up his own the promise like Mm -hmm. his son and he's like um and i love that story for more than one reason one being that god or at least what god shows me through my own life is like he's gonna ask like do we do i love him enough to give up the thing that i love the most Mm -hmm. and so for me that's been like transition seasons like from one season of serving in this area to serving in this other area it's like do i love him more than where i'm serving do i love him more than where i currently am because if i do i can give that up mm-hmm. or i'm sorry if i love him more i can give it up but if i don't like you know obviously i've put something else before him and i don't ever want to do that but um anyways i love that story for two reasons for that reason but also the fact that one day god had to give up his son yeah. And it was the perfect sacrifice, the perfect way for us to be able to be reconciled to him and to have that unity back with him. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you're walking with him and trusting him, even in this season, even with all the unknowns and it's scary. And like you said, you've moved away from your family and you're back here. And I'm so happy you're back because we've (laughs) missed you. Um, But I'm so glad you're back and that you're just being faithful to where the Lord's leading. But that can be scary. And the fact that God has opening up all these doors for you and all of these opportunities, like, only God could do that mm-hmm. and align all these things. But I also know for a fact that say God did tell you to do something and just like hypothetically, and then you don't do it. I also know that he has redemptive moments. So for the person who's listening, who may have been like, man, I missed the moment that God needed me to do something and I didn't do it. There's redemptive moments. Mm-hmm. He always is going to have another opportunity for you. You just have to be willing to be like, okay, God, I know I messed up and I know I've missed this opportunity or I know I've not listened to you in this, but I want to start listening to you now. Mm-hmm. And that's your moment where you can keep going and keep going in whatever he's asked you to. So anyways, I find that really beautiful that you said that. Um, talked about your story, but also I love your perspective on um, foster care and the foster system because that's such a unique point of view that not everybody gets to have because you always hear how hard it is for the kids. And mm-hmm. I... Um, and my ministry team in college, like we volunteered with some of those kids, like in their group home setting. And we always got, I love that I got to see it from both sides of it's really hard on the kids mm-hmm. because of what they've gone through. My gosh, the horrors that some of them have gone through absolutely breaks my heart. But you never hear about how hard it is for the families that are having to sacrifice time with their own kids to take care or look after others. Not saying that they neglect their own, but they're having to make that extra time and that extra Mm -hmm. room for them in their life. And the fact that you're able to talk from that, but also not saying like, yeah, it's hard, but like there's not any fruit in it, but there is fruit in that. And there is beauty in it, even if it's hard. Um, Because even with myself going through adoption, I went through so many different emotions. But again, I also didn't go through the same like situation that you've grown up in though the fact that you have that to share I think is really really beautiful too so I love that yeah it's definitely something that the Lord um, taught me a lot through because it it's not ministry in general I think is so often that way and sometimes we can turn a blind eye to it just that um, there are the people that you're ministering to and then there's the people that are ministering and both are so heavily impacted by ministry itself mm, yes. and it is exhausting to be in ministry sometimes whatever yeah. it looks like but it is fruitful and it's not just growing the person that you're ministering to it's growing the person that's ministering and it's mm. beautiful yes and it teaches you lessons that you might not have ever learned any other way. Because, I mean, if you'd never gone through that, you would not have, like, the heart or the compassion that you do for people who are going through that, who have been through that, or are, you know, even starting the process in that. And so it's beautiful that you have that perspective. 
And so, um, as we're wrapping up, I've really enjoyed having you come on and talk about your story. I love your story. I love who you are as a person. You're just as genuine as it comes. So I'm so grateful for our friendship. But is there an encouraging word that you would like to share with those listening? Like, is there anything you'd like to encourage them in before we close? Yeah. Um, I'd have to say, as hard as some seasons in life are, turn to Jesus. Mm, yeah. I can't tell you how many times there have been it felt like one fiery arrow hitting after another Mm -hmm. Um, but God offers peace and even in the moments where we're bruised and beaten he's there with his arms open Um, the number of times that I've been at my wits end (laughs) saying what do I do now (laughs) and he's just standing there like well come here let me show you Mm -hmm. Um, That's so good. So, yeah, follow after the Lord in a way that you're turning to Him in this hard moment. And, yes, it's so incredibly hard sometimes, but you won't regret it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on, too. I'm so glad to have yeah. you, and we'll have to have you on again, like, for a different topic, not just your story, but, like, we'll have to do, like, a Bible study together or Absolutely. something. Absolutely. That sounds great. <laughs> anyways but thank you guys so much for tuning in today i hope you enjoyed this episode and i will catch y'all next week thank you for tuning in for another episode here on the gracefully refined podcast i hope that this encouraged uplifted as well as strengthened you in your walk with christ if you didn't know you can find me on all social media platforms under the name morgan e redfarin that is m-o-r-g-a-n-e-r-e-d-f-e-r-i-n where i share even more about the love of christ and just what he's doing in my life as well as some mom and lifestyle hacks If you haven't already and you enjoyed this episode or you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star review as this helps get the message of Christ and this ministry out to a broader audience. Thank you so much for tuning in again, and I'll see you next time.